Seems like we had a very big week for Ama Piano. Uh, we have seen Kevin Momo dropping a whooping three hours and 30 minutes, 26 tracks, Amu Kelani, a follow-up to his album last year, Ivy League. And Kevin Momo seems to just feel the whole thirst that we had for Ama Piano for the whole year. Bruh. Bruh, three hours and 30 minutes. Who's Okay, fine. Three hours and 29 minutes. I didn't listen to the whole album because I was just like, it's too much, man. But I'm going to start it off on a good note. It's a bloody good album, though. That I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's you know, this... In a way, it doesn't feel like it goes all the way. I'm a piano. It's not that gritty. I'm a piano. It's soulful. I'm a piano. But it it has got the, the right mix of like house in it, if that makes sense. Yes, um, it does. And then coupled with obviously the vocals, the vocalists that come through. I think it's a it's a really well worked album. And disclaimer: I have not listened to the whole thing because I just didn't have nearly four hours to give, but. What I've listened to it for, it's just, yeah, it's not, um, it's it's a good album, man. It's really good. What did you think about it? I had to set uh, a very specific time. I said, this is three hours and 29 minutes. I don't have all of that. So let me just find something and just put this music in the background and forget about it. And that is what I did. But the thing that kept me pulling me back to uh, my phone was the fact that I was listening to bangers after bangers after bangers. And I was like, wow, this is a very, very, very impressive album. And I think uh, Kevin Momo continues in that line. You know, he, he used to, he, he is making uh, the Ama Piano that, you know, is, can we call it the Rich Kids Ama Piano? Private school, I'm a piano. Yes, because there is some jazzy there, some sax in there. It is just a beautiful body of work. Yeah. And if you have three hours and 29 minutes to spare, we are going to recommend this. There is a track there with 10 minutes, slow burning, 10 minutes. And I'm not complaining. That was a lot, man. That was a lot. Like, he does make that private school, I'm a piano, and he, he keeps it, he keeps it um, interesting. If I should say so, it was nice to hear the soulfulness of it all and um, just getting to uh, the different types of collaborations on there. I think I think it was a well-worked album. And whenever I get to finish it, if it's this year or the next, I'm sure I'm going to find more songs that I like. Um, a standout track, which everybody has been talking about, and I ended up just listen, listening to it is one called Sugakude with uh, Babalwa M and Sfazo RT. It's not your typical, like, I'm a piano, but yeah, it's it's a good song, man. It's spiritual. I think I definitely got to find Babalwa M in this one. And I was like, where have I been all this time not finding this particular vocalist? Because it is a really, really amazing uh, stuff that they do with Kevin Momo. And I think they have one project that they did together in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, that it was Kevin Momo mm -hmm. and Babalwa M. I think uh, Babalwa M is more like uh, the the new flavor when it comes to the Amapiano vocalists now. 
and this is this is pretty much I think what we've we've really been seeing with um, Amapiano vocalists over the last three four years. Like there's a certain flavor that goes with them, just based on uh, who they're working with at, at that point in time. She doesn't have like a, a huge huge discography. If you've checked it out, she's got like uh, an album, like you said, with Kelvin Momo from 2020. She's got her own, I think it's a debut album from 2021, which did decent numbers. And um, then here we are with, uh, you know, some of the songs she's featured on, on um, a few other artists' uh, albums, including like, uh, I think, Mass Music, um, Musa Keys. Yeah, and, and quite a few other um, other 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 about piano acts like uh, Yams as well. So I mean, she's she's definitely worked with a few people, but like, yeah, I, she her star is rising in the Ama piano scene. Proper MJ, and uh, we are moving again with uh, another Ama piano release that uh, came out over the weekend, and that was Juanito Moss Juanito Moss exclusives. That is a project from the Juanito Moss, which was founded by Master KG. Uh, the record label. It's a five-track EP, and it really is an impressive body of work. I just met Lo Sheen in this particular album, and to me, mm-hmm. I think this year, I have really enjoyed his compositions. He just does amazing stuff. Like, Lo Sheen is that guy, and I think he's very young as well. But the, the kinds of tastes that he's coming with in this sphere of Ama Piano is truly impressive. Mm-hmm. You know what, like, um, it's, it's kind of like a, a really cool thing that I like about the whole Limpopo movement. Generally speaking, um, they seem to empower each other quite well. So, you know, even with uh, Master KG at the forefront, he's really um, worked with... Um, a number of uh, artists and uh, producers, including Lo Sheen, you know, Mr. Brown, who's from Zem, but is huge in SA, and uh, obviously Makadzi and them. It's just, ah, man. Yeah, Lo Sheen is, is quite something, but then, dude, there's, there's too much talent in SA. No one is going to dispute that, MJ, um, and especially in the production frontier. We're just going to take a, a look at uh, what you were tweeting about you know, these kids who are founding themselves playing around with FL Studio, you know, that is might be pirated, mostly is pirated. And they just find ways around it. They become these beautiful producers. But before we go there, I wanted you to touch base on this sound that we are meeting because listening to Lo Sheen and um, this Juanito Moss exclusive, there's this very kind of like tender ama piano. It's not the, the vibey one that we have heard from uh, the likes of uh, Young Stana, you know, that fast-paced beating-wise. But this one is very, for lack of a better word, soulful. You know, it is very, it burns very lightly. You know, it's not danceable per se, but it's more like a relaxation kind of music. Can you call it this the soulful yanos or something like that? You could... But I think when you say soulful yanos, it depends on who you're talking to. Because um, if you're going to uh, speak soulful yanos, um, then we're going to go back to uh, people like Kelvin Momo, Abidoza, and the like, even Kabza. 
um, on the last, um, I think it was Koa 2. There was a lot of soul from a piano there. So it's not as... It's not as easy to qualify in this case, but in another way, I do get it. It is so for my piano and the sound, like you said, is very light. And I think um, what uh, typifies it as well is the snare is very, very light. So when the snare hits and it's it's kind of like the same formula as uh, how Afrobeat has done in the last few years where the snare is very, very light. You see that a lot on the last project that um, R2Bs, uh, their last project, it's there. And you hear it all across Afrobeats, but it's kind of like uh, that sort of realm in the Ama piano space. So they do it differently in Limpopo and they found a sound, uh, obviously, you know, modeled around the success of um, uh, songs like Jerusalem, which was a huge world hit uh, at the height of like lockdown and whatever. So, yeah, it is a piano, but it's just their own brand of a piano. It's their own sound that they like out there uh, in the north of South Africa. So MJ, you had tweeted something about Mozambique and it being the bedrock of some of the beautiful Ama piano sounds. So I wanted you to share with the listener tonight that, um, you know, what exactly is this sound? Because I can't really say I can associate Mozambique with Ama Piano. Where does this come <laughs> from and how is the journey starting there? Uh, you, you cannot associate Ama Piano with Mozambique. Come on, man. Trust me, like, I'm telling you. One of you. the biggest Ama Piano song, songs in the world, in the world, is from Mozambique. bro. Yeah, Babaluk. It's from Mozambique. So anyway, uh, without without um, getting too much into into the weeds here, when you think of a piano, you're always going to be talking about your DJ Maborisa, Kabza de Smalls, um, and the like. They're like the people that that come to mind. When you think of a piano, um, you're also going to think of people like Asake, right? Um, Niniola. When you're looking outside of South Africa. But really, the movement is huge, huge in Mozambique. And it's so huge in Mozambique that they literally make Amapiano, but in their own languages, you know. Um, and, and, and it sounds different in terms of how they sing, their delivery. But when it comes to the beats, that of all countries, they have the closest sound to South African Ama piano. So there's there's a there's um there's a good connection there. Um DJ Tariko himself has been out in South Africa numerous times working with people, um, doing shows because he's considered a huge Ama piano producer. Um, even in South Africa, they respect him out there. But what that did is it also galvanized um, Mozambican youth um, because they look at DJ Tariko and where he came from. That guy has been um, producing since he was 14 years old and he's like 27, 28, I think. And because he's also such a huge star and he got the biggest collab you can think of, Yaba Buluku remix with Burner Boy. Come on, man. Burner Boy, who is, in my opinion, the biggest African act in the world right now. What was that going to do? It was just going to motivate and influence Mozambican youth to also think, 
this can be done. But I think as a sound, there's a close sort of um, connection to Kuduro. Ama Piano is the right dose of deep house and abstractness to the sounds of like Kuduro, which um, is big in Angola, Mozambique and places like that. So the youth just decided to run with it. And right now we're seeing subgenres. There's one subgenre of Ama Piano called Mozambique Skija. And um, I don't know how to pronounce this, uh, but it's uh, B-I-Q-U-E. So I don't know if it's Bikue, Bike, Bik, I don't know. But that also is a subgenre of Ama Piano that's influenced by the sounds, particularly the Kuduro sounds. And Kuduro, I think it just means mixture. So it's just a mixture of everything that's out of um, Mozambique. And these kids, what they do, and these are young kids. I'm telling you like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. They're using cracked versions of Fruity Loops or FL Studio. And they're creating sample packs out of the sounds that they're coming across. Like there are certain um, log drums that are just crazy that are associated with this Mozambique skija. And they sell this stuff on IG. Um, they create YouTube channels and do tutorials. Weirdest stuff you've ever seen. But these are kids. It's crazy. It's a wild scene out there. And it's the same in South Africa. We will never know the extent of ama piano artists and producers in South Africa. We will never know because a lot of them are like in places you've never heard of. Little towns, small towns that are near villages, but they go to the one friend's house who's got, um, you know, electricity and a generator running all day. And they've got an old laptop and they've got a cracked version of Fruity Loops, Purity, Nexus, whatever. And they're making killer music. And we get to hear it as the finished product when the big artists, you know, maybe collaborate with these kids or do whatever they do. But it's a wild scene out there. And I, I just don't know, man. I, I hope there's a way these kids can can really, really make money from this because what they're doing and their creativity is amazing. A very, very interesting story. And uh, for one that I'm going to just tell uh, the listener to really go to MJ's Twitter account, that is at MJ Wemoto, and see what he has written. He has written really a long thread about this phenomenon that we were just talking about, the Ama Piano music scene being uh, of a different taste from Mozambique. Now, MJ, that you mentioned Burner Boy, uh, this last Friday, we saw the whiskey video that came in form of a documentary, a 16 minutes Black River documentary. So Burner Boy calls it the Black River whiskey documentary. I mean, what does this tell us about Burner Boy? And his artistry, because I found the video, more or less uh, the documentary, to be a very interesting expansion of his artistic capabilities. It is not just him singing about women and love and last last, but it is him talking about things that are happening in his society. It is him using his artistry to bring otherwise issues that a whole of Nigeria has been facing for a very long time. But now, because he is that global artist, we get to see them in a very different light. And maybe people are going to be taking action. 
And this to me just shifts all the perspective and all the lenses that I was looking at Barnaboy from. That he's not just an entertainer, but now he's becoming the voice of the people. You know, like as politically as that might sound, but he is really stepping up his game and speaking on behalf of his own people because that was Port Harcourt he was showing us in that particular documentary. The floods, the suit, and everything that these citizens have to go through to make it. And he had put it in that very, very captivating documentary, 16 Minutes. Tell me how you find those, this one, uh, MJ. It doesn't actually surprise me because Benaboy is one of the most politically aware and um, politically conscious uh, musicians out there. And you can tell even with his, with his, uh, uh, some of his uh, songs from his albums when, when he, he, he talks about um, uh, when there's skits such as, you know, I can't remember what the skit is called, but it, it talks about Nigeria uh, being a, a, a country that was sort of uh, sold uh, to colonizers for peanuts and uh, stuff like that. That's not even like he's always been doing that. He's that kind of guy. But I think maybe sometimes we ignore it <laughs> and focus on the other stuff. Because also, you know, when think about it, uh, you are you are focusing more on maybe the hits and less about the the political consciousness that comes with um, what Bernard Boyd does. And I'll give you an example that's close to me. Um, which already uh, proved that this guy knows his stuff. He he was in Zimbabwe just a few months ago. And when he was in Zimbabwe, the ruling political regime tried to get him to wear a Zimbabwean scarf, uh, which has the colors of the Zimbabwean flag. Now, to most people, it's just like, eh, well, um, I'll just wave the Zim flag. It's just a scarf. I'll wear it. But no, it's not. Um, in Zimbabwe, if you wear it, it's like aligning with a uh, ruling political party that's there right now, the party that's responsible for the nonsense that we've been facing for the last 43 years or whatever. Bernard Boy refused to wear that scarf. He was like, I'm here to do music. Thanks for the offer. They even offered to pay him to wear the scarf. That's how much of um, how politically sneaky they were. And he refused. He said, no, most artists don't even know that they're not politically conscious of what's happening in Zimbabwe to know that if they did that, they would then be used. It would be used as a PR move in support of the ruling political party. And I'll give you an example. Rick Ross was in Zimbabwe two, three weeks ago. He wore the bloody scarf. Who <laughs> shows you he's not politically conscious of what's happening in Zimbabwe. Uh, but Bernard Boy did not want to align with any political party. He just said, I'm here to make music. And, you know, he's got songs like the song um, 201020, um, which marks uh, October 20th, um, the day uh, where the lucky killings in Nigeria happened. This guy is politically conscious. He's not just a musician. 
He's intelligent. He's aware of what's happening in the world and uses his music and his platforms to highlight that. Wow. You know, we're talking about politics and we are seeing it in music. Such is the world. Yeah. So to move out slightly from uh, the political talk that Barnaboy did, and actually I'm just going to urge you, the listener, to go and watch that video. It is a very emotional documentary, 16 minutes of this beautiful music playing behind that gives you so much context about what whiskey was all about when Barnaboy was composing this particular song. You'd really say he was writing it for this particular scenario and he was writing it for this one because whatever it is that is in the lyrics has to have everything to do with the situation on the ground. So MJ, over the weekend as well, we had this whole Native and Yams project that is called Amapiano East Meets South. Mm-hmm. This made me remember uh, the video that you posted about what is the real Amapiano. A video that you went down and broke all the myths about, you know, does having a log drum make your track be an Amapiano track? So Soul Native and Yams have done a nine songs project. Uh, this is an EP with names such as Saudi Soul, Jukes, Mario, Costa Teach, Tyler, Zenia Manasse, and Viri the Stoliterra, as well as Ben Soul as well in there, to really create or craft a sound that is a piano with some of the cream de la cream artists from East Africa. And immediately listening to this, to this particular project, there is a lot to be desired because for one, we are seeing the power of collaboration, what it means really to fuse the tastes. But I think to me, the biggest lesson was I felt like Yams and Soul Natives pulled these artists that, you know, let's make a proper Amapiano project. And these artists were willing to listen to what is truly an Amapiano track. Because when you listen to this particular project, you understand that the piano track is so much about the producer and not necessarily, not for lack of importance, but it's not as much as it is on the artist part. And I think some of uh, artists who had been trying to copy the Ama Piano movement without understanding the theory behind it were failing in that particular aspect. They were just creating the version of Ama Piano without capturing the essence of what truly an Ama Piano project is. So to me, East meets South Ama Piano is truly one project that tells me that, you know what? This is how you can craft an Ama Piano project when you are not uh, South African. That the genre that we are making the music from, it's not really your source. But now let's bring you the source and let's teach you how to do it. So that is like what I thought uh, was happening in the moment when these people were making this record. And it truly, it sounds amazing. MJ, how did you find this particular project? I thought it was a pretty interesting project. The first thing that came to mind was um, 
this is how um, non-South Africans fit onto Amapiano. And uh, particularly soulful Amapiano fits better. Uh, well, soulful singing fits better on Amapiano beats than anything else. When um, any non-South Africans usually, uh, I would say nine times out of ten, when, when they usually try to do vocals on Amapiano beats, they try to copy Amapiano sort of chants from South Africa in a way, but try, try to copy it in their own language and tonality, and it almost never sounds right. But when they sing, which was the case of like, obviously, when you listen to the songs like um, the first one, which is uh, with Zinia Manasi, uh, the songs with Bien, uh, Mario and them, Jukes, Oxlade, um, you start hearing how more natural the Amapiano sounds when there's a soulful singer behind it and they just sing in their own way of singing. And yes, Amapiano is a DJ's game. It's a producer's game. Those are the, the, the stars of Amapiano, the DJs and the producers, and far less the vocalists, by far. Because you also have to realize the vocalist doesn't necessarily have to be. I don't think there's anything um, that you can call an Amapiano vocalist, if we're being honest, because the same vocalist could go on an R&B beat and they could make it happen. They could go on a house beat. They could make it happen. They're just a vocalist who just happens to be on Ama Piano beats. We saw when Shasha broke out, she was considered, you know, the queen of Ama Piano or whatever. But now even on her latest album, you know, she's gone back to what she really wanted to do, like uh, soul. She And she does uh, soul on Ama Piano, uh, so to speak. So that's why Ama Piano is more a DJ and a producer's game because it's really about the production. I still do think there are some phenomenal producers out there that are non-South African, like I was mentioning, DJ Tariko from Mozambique, um, DJ Tunes, who's Nigerian-American. There are a lot of producers that can do great South African-sounding. I'm a piano, but they're not South African. And I think for the most part, if we're just being honest, Honest, the production, the Amapiano production we get from mostly Nigeria, it's not really the sound. They've just found their own sound and they just play with log drums and they just throw as many log drums in there as they as they can. And that's not Amapiano. I hear you and I totally agree with you. I'm just going to link uh, the video that we are talking about by MJ in his YouTube channel, MJ Wemoto, if you search that. You're going to find out, uh, he asked the question, other African artists and Nigerians making a true Amapiano? It's a three months uh, old video, but the value in there is truly, truly amazing. I'm just going to link it into uh, the episode as we, as you read uh, the notes, then you will be able to find it. MJ, we are just going to be finishing up with some very, very interesting news because I saw Elaine uh, dropping uh, three tracks now this year, but she has been spotted doing different projects with different producers like Mashbeats, uh, Focalistic, Kabza, Ed Toss. Uh, so I'm not really sure if she has something that is on the lines of Mama Piano in the cooking, but she has released her three songs, Shine, Deja Vu, and Fading Away, and they all look like they're part 
of one project because they have this color blue in them. So that was something that I noticed uh, for the past few weeks. Mm. Uh, and she has been uh, going around. So MJ, I wanted us to finish up with um, uh, what you have been enjoying uh, this weekend, what I've been listening to. Just quickly on Elaine. Yeah, I think she might be working on something in some way, shape or form. I'm pretty sure she would do some dope Ama piano tracks. I don't know if I'm looking forward to them as much as everybody else, but because it's it's a bit weird to think of Elaine on an Ama piano track, but we all going to make our money somehow, bro. Um, <laughs> when it comes to the songs that I, or the albums, whatever, that I that I checked out, uh, Ghana's Jay Deroby, who was like uh, one of the first, if not the first, uh, Empower Africa artist, he dropped an album um, called Grains from Love and Reality, which I, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, some pretty dope singing there. He actually has Mr. Easy, Joe Boy Cranium as features on the album, which is huge, by the way. Three huge features. And I think he's got something interesting there. I think this is his debut album because he gave us uh, the Nungwa Diaries EP in 2020, which was six, six songs, but it was an EP. Um, so yeah, this is his debut album. So something worth checking out if you like Afro Dancer. And um, he actually does some pretty good singing on there too. Interesting. I'm definitely going to be listening to that one. Have you seen your friend's Takey Anogo video? No, not yet. He dropped it? Yes, he dropped it. You need to listen to that one. I'm going to check it out because he dropped the song like last week or something. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't um, watch the video. Yeah. So there was that one. And then uh, I listened to some Mario. Mario released also his debut album, uh, The Boy You Know. No way. Yes. 17 tracks. One hour and one minute. The TZ boy. Yes. The TZ boy. Ah, that's nice. That's nice. The kid you know. Yes. So you can listen to that one. I find it that, um, you know, Transcendent problems are ones that we have to really find uh, a different episode to talk about because (laughs) the subject of crafting albums is something that I think has really eluded many, you know, even though uh, albums come with a lot of fanfare, but a lot of it sounds like playlists, but I don't really want to go there now, but we just, we really going to find a podcast episode where we are going to be talking about this particular phenomenon. Oh, you're killing me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I just have to say because there's no other place that I can say this. I hear you. We 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 do need we do need to 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 talk about it. Because yeah, I've I've had some feelings about that for a while. So yeah. Yeah. So I also went as back as I could and I found Loshin's first chapter EP and I listened to that one as mm-hmm. well. So because I was trying like to say, where is this guy coming from? So I had that. So it was really an Ama Piano weekend on my end. Nothing more. And I was like, okay, now Ama Piano is coming back by storm, you know, at the very end of the year. And I was like, is it because of the awards, do you think? Because for the for the good part of the year, we stayed without piano projects. And now they're dropping left, right, and center. Yeah, I really don't know um, what exactly is the motivation there. But I actually feel like 
maybe the industry in general and um, had a, just a little bit of, um, what do you call this? A little bit of uh, fatigue from the last two years of dropping, you know, multiple albums every week, which I, I just think it's unsustainable um, at the end of the day. Um, and on that note, actually, I was listening. I listened to uh, Vigro Deep's new album, My House, My Rules. Woo! Woo! Yo! Yeah! Crazy that stuff. That album's fine. My God! Ah! Vigro Deep is back proper. I'm just going to play that one as well. He's back proper, proper. And um, going back to East Africa, Waka Dinali dropped Ndania Cockpit 3. Yep, that um, is a real car slash something else. They're yeah, mixing it with, I think, um, what genre? Gengeton. But I think it's mostly mm, drill so, in there. Yeah. Gengeton drill, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they, yeah. Um, so that's the other one. I've always just been interested in Waka Dinali and they, they, they rise to fame and they've done well. Um, so yeah. All right. I just prepared something that to make, uh, the end of the podcast episode tonight. And, uh, that is going to be, is Nkosa Zana daughter, the princess of our piano. Right now. Yes. I'll say she is. All right. And on that note, would like to close out today's podcast episode. Thank you for joining us. It was your host, Mark Gotonier, alongside my brother, MJ Yomoto, son of Zimbabwe, all the way from the coldest region at this particular moment. <laughs> How many degrees, my brother? <laughs> Today is minus 18 degrees Celsius, so it's a good day. All right, from <laughs> the land where minus 18 degrees Celsius is a good day. That was my brother, MJ Yomoto. And on that note, would like to wish you a very good time wherever you are and bye bye